You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. There was a lot of news over the weekend on the University of Utah Athletics front, and that's why we're here on a daily basis to bring you all the news, notes, and updates. Pella Larson, who entered the transfer portal from the University of Utah, has committed to Arizona. Where does this leave the Utah basketball program moving forward? We'll discuss that. Also, the University of Utah football program picked up a commitment from Tavion Thomas over the weekend. A running back from JUCO? We're going to talk about how maybe that doesn't necessarily fit the need that everybody is expecting, but why it was an important pickup nonetheless, and why Thomas could be a major impact player moving forward. Lastly, we'll give you a recap of all the news, notes, and action from over the weekend, as there are still University of Utah athletic programs in competition, including baseball and softball. That is all coming up next here on a Monday edition Trying to start your week off, week off strong here on the Locked on Utes podcast. It's Monday, May 10th, 2021. Welcome back into a Monday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. My name is Brian Brown. I'm here riding solo with you on a Monday, bringing you all the news and notes on a daily basis for University of Utah Athletics via the Locked on Utes podcast. I hope you are following on your favorite podcast platform. If you are following us on Apple, you've likely noticed that things are ski-wampus, to say the least. Highly recommend trying the Odyssey podcast platform. That's A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y. Odyssey is a great alternative. You listen to all your same podcasts there. Don't have to deal with all the glitchiness of Apple. It's not just a Locked on Utes problem. It's a every podcast problem. So highly recommend that. In the meantime, continue to share the podcast with your friends as you have all been doing. Our growth has been superb. Can't complain about any of that. Uh, but this weekend, probably maybe, oh, if you're like me, it was a bit of a bummer. Uh, big news coming from the basketball side of Utah athletics as Pella Larson was reported to be committed to Arizona. That was confirmed through multiple outlets. He is officially transferring to Arizona, and it was one of those situations where Larson had been in the program, been working out, was thought to be acclimating to the new staff, and then kind of out of nowhere decided to reassess his options. It wasn't ever guaranteed that he was going to leave the University of Utah, but there were a lot of programs that honed in on Larson as soon as he entered the portal. Kansas, Stanford, Creighton, obviously Arizona, one of them, and it Ended up following in Arizona's favor. Uh, new head coach Tommy Lloyd has a lot of strong connections over in Europe. Part of the reason why Gonzaga has done so well over the years in getting players to come over and play in Gonzaga. And that's likely what led to the transfer from Pella Larson. Relationships are everything in basketball. Whoever you have your relationships with, that's likely where you're going to get the bulk of 
your players from in terms of acquiring talent. That's one reason why DeMarlo Slocum was so valuable in bringing back to Utah. Uh, I think it's another reason why Tim Morris is so valuable, and he has some very strong connections, as we've chatted about earlier with some Southern recruits, especially in the Georgia area where he comes from. He also has strong connections on the West Coast, having played here. Former player with Lorenzo Romar. So you can imagine that those both are very valuable members of the staff. Eric Peterson, very valuable because he also has connections with multiple, uh, I guess, handlers would be one way to put it. Uh, I think this the, the sports field is kind of wild to navigate. And I think when you're coming up, it's important to find the right people to rely on. And it's people that are experienced with this, people that you can trust, people that have a track record, et cetera, et cetera. Those can be anything from, you know, AAU coaches locally to uh, amateur team coaches if you're overseas or uh, private coaches, any of those kinds of things. You just want to make sure that you have good relationships and, and good handlers, quote unquote, as you navigate this thing, because it can be a very messy business, as we've seen. And that's why. Uh, perhaps why Pella Larson going specifically to Arizona is so disappointing to Utah fans, I think would be uh, one way to describe it. Backbreaking uh, feels like almost, uh, I, I think to fans, it almost feels like, uh, the, like, like being cheated on because it's one thing to leave your program. It's entirely another to go to a school that, is seemingly a rival for the University of Utah. Maybe Arizona doesn't feel like that, but they have been the top of the Pac-12 for so very, very long and essentially been the summit that Utah is trying to trying to overcome. And so to see him go there, it, it's, it's hard. It, there's no doubt about it, and the frustration is real. I think the fan reaction was pretty mixed in regards to, hey, I wish him well. Uh, he's He means nothing to me, as the old John Peace line, as people are apt to uh, say nowadays. Um, I don't know that for me personally, I feel like he's dead to me or anything like that. It's pretty well known that he was my favorite player to watch at the University of Utah. I'm still going to continue to watch him a little bit here and there. And being that I now do the Locked on Pac-12 podcast with Cindy Robinson, there's enough reason to watch him play for Arizona, but that's not what people here want to listen to. You want to hear me talk about the Utes. And the big issue with the Utes right now is that you've lost the majority of your production from last year's team. All that really remains from rotational guys are Brandon Carlson and Riley Batten. And that does leave Utah exposed in a lot of regret, a lot of respects. It, it I think it re restricts a bit of the momentum that Utah maybe had generated last year and, while there's a lot to debate, and we'll talk about that a later, a little bit later this week, a lot to debate in terms of how good Utah really was last year, how much momentum the program had picked up, and and why it was important that continuity be maintained from from last year's team and in going into 2021, and to a degree with the coaching staff, and and the risks that came with making a move after last season and I think what we're seeing is that the fullness of the risks are coming to fruition here and mainly that you've lost the bulk of your production Utah is not really while they've made some good acquisitions there hasn't been a big banner acquisition through the transfer portal yet for them 
There are players, obviously, on the roster that I think can contribute next year. Marco Anthony will absolutely be a contributor. David Jenkins as well. Uh, you know, Raleigh Wooster, I think, has the potential to do so. Uh, Gabe Madsen, we'll wait and see. We really don't know what to expect out of Gabe. He's played in, I think, all of two games so far. But it does leave Utah in a per- precarious predicament. Now, they still have good opportunities. As Stephon Mitchell is still on the... On, on the board, so to speak, in terms of picking him up through the transfer portal. There are other players out there that Utah has been connected through the transfer portal. Bryson Williams is one that we've talked about at UTEP, has potential to come to Utah as well. They will continue to work on getting transfers into the program, but at this point in time, Utah's primary players have all transferred to good you know, top echelon programs for the most part. And now Utah needs to go find some diamonds in the rough to help rebuild the basketball program. And this is something that we talked about here on the podcast, that if you were to make this move, there was the possibility that you would have to start over from almost a completely fresh start. The one concerning issue that while I don't know how heavy to weight it right now, but it does come up is that after a few weeks, you've had two players exit the University of Utah program after being with Coach Smith for a couple weeks. Uh, I think the two things that we were most concerned about with Coach Smith were recruiting and his ability to coach at the uh, Power 5 level. I think recruiting so far is... We can't grade either of these, obviously. I think recruiting so far has been lackluster at best because you're not able to to keep the majority of the players from the team from last year and you haven't really brought in anybody uh super noteworthy uh outside of players that you've already had connections to now the good news with that is that you're out there building new connections and and developing player connections and we've already heard of rj godfrey out of uh a four-star forward out of Georgia that has strong relationships with Tim Morris. That could be the case as Utah gets deeper and deeper into the transfer portal or as more players enter the portal that players with connections with the coaching staff already do end up coming here. At this point in time, it does feel a little bit iffy in terms of how good Utah will be next year. I don't know that it's completely full rebuild, but it is definitely a restart and there has been a full house cleaning. And for those who are optimistic that Utah was going to carry forward the momentum from last season into next season, I think a lot of that is likely ended with the completion of Pella Larson transferring from the University of Utah. That, in addition to Ryland Jones, essentially makes it a clean slate for the University of Utah basketball program, and for better or worse, this is where we're at. The good news, I think we're going to find out really, really fast how good of a coach Craig Smith is. The questionable news is, are they going to be able to find the kind of guys that can connect with Craig Smith, that that enjoy his enthusiasm and his energy? That is a big difference from, I think, the, the previous staff, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but Coach Smith is incredibly exuberant, as I think everybody's caught wind of in his interviews and everything like that. It can wear on players from time to time. And as he settles into that role, he'll obviously get better and and players will become more acclimated to it. I don't think that Ryland Jones left necessarily because of that. I I really don't have a good feel for why Pella Larson left. But if that's the case... Those are the kinds of things that we'll have to see answered as Utah moves forward. 
along with obviously the questions about recruiting, et cetera, et cetera. This year has turned into a transition slash rebuild year, I think, until we actually see the staff land a notable transfer uh, player. And, and and I don't that's not to minimize the impact of Marco Anthony or or Raleigh Wooster or Gabe Madsen or any of these players, but I think I think what the University of Utah is really looking for right now is a keynote player, a player that they can build around, a player whose skill set can be the Timmy Allen type where they can rely on them in the crunch moments. I don't know that any of the players that Utah has brought in, while they are excellent players in in, in their respective realms, while they, while, while they have shown a lot of ability, I don't know if any of them have that next step level. I, I think they are definitely more on the role player variety, and, and that's where Utah really needs to focus and hone in on. I think it's why... Stefan Morris becomes even more and more important to them as they move forward. And with us moving forward into this part of the show, it's time to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. There's also plenty of other action going on with golf, uh, MLB, as we mentioned, NBA playoffs are starting, NHL, and, and all your UFC MMA action. There was the big fight. On Saturday, there are still plenty of sporting events going on uh, in addition to the normal award shows and everything else that BetOnline offers. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. It's the last week before the NBA playoffs start. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Switching over to football news and notes from over the weekend, Utah received a commitment from Tavion Thomas running back transfer from Independence Community College, a JUCO in Kansas. And I believe that the reaction to the initial announcement was very mixed. After the spring game, after seeing all the explosiveness from Chris Curry, TJ Pledger, and Makai Bernard, I think most fans were of the opinion that the position was settled at running back. Those in the know understand that Ricky Parks, the four-star running back from Florida, is coming into the program in the fall. That should be enough depth at the running back position, right? Well, Kyle McDonald and and the rest of the crew over there at the University of Utah wanted to reach out and say, not so fast, my friends, as Tavion Thomas commits to the University of Utah. A little bit of background of Thomas. He is what's called a bounce-back transfer. He will have three years to play three at the University of Utah because of the eligibility freeze. He comes from the Independence Community College but before he was at Cincinnati, where that's hence the bounce back term, he was there for one season, uh, redshirted his sophomore year uh, due to some what was categorized by Coach Luke Fickle as some injury, some health concerns, and some academic concerns. So not exactly sure what the issues there at, at Cincinnati were, although as as I've dug around a little bit, it doesn't sound like it's anything to be too worried about with Thomas, especially knowing the the culture and everything that the University of Utah has built. If a player is coming here, they understand what the expectations are from the get-go. 
And that is one thing that I think the University of Utah has done an excellent job of, of doing is they target guys who have the right kind of attitude for their program and their approach. The bigger concern, I think, amongst the fan base right now is why did you go out and get a running back before getting a wide receiver or a safety? And that is where I think the breakdown really comes in terms of who Tavion Thomas is and, and what his ability to do in the football field really is. He's 6'2", 230 pounds. And, and by comparison, our beloved uh, tight end slash running back slash wildcat slash do-it-all Brant Keithy is not much bigger than that. Keithy is listed as being 6'2", 230. I think he was probably a little bit less than that in spring ball as he kind of trimmed down a little to, to be a little quicker and, and whatnot. But that's pretty impressive when you have two guys that are that kind of size on the field with their kind of a, a agility and athleticism. And if you watch the tape on Tavion Thomas, he is very much in that mold of Brant Keithy where he's incredibly athletic for his size. He had over 30 different offers from programs like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, USC amongst them. And that's because his size and his athletic ability really set him apart. He has the ability to make cuts behind the line of scrimmage to create space. He's very good at acceleration and change of direction. He has good speed in the open field. I don't think he's got enormous sprinter speed, but it's going to be rare for somebody to catch him from behind. But he's also an absolute monster in the blocking game. And he looks like he blocks with some hate in his heart, as I like to say. And by that, I mean he blocks aggressively. He blocks with passion. He blocks with a purpose. He blocks like he actually wants to go and hit somebody. And there are a couple different clips on his huddle and, and everything like that that you can find via his Twitter page where he just absolutely decimates players in the blocking game. And that's where the benefit of having a Tavion Thomas on the roster comes on board. He does provide you with depth at the running back position, but more importantly, what he provides you is versatility. He can be lined up as an H-back, can run him out in motion in the slot because he has the athleticism to be in the slot, and he has shown the ability to catch passes. By no means is he going to be an every-down wide receiver, but what he allows you to do is create mismatches on the field. And while the mismatch may not come with him versus whoever the defender is that's over the top of him, it can create areas or space on the field for other players to excel. And so with that ability to take a running back, force a mismatch onto a linebacker or a safety, it actually affects everything else that you're doing. And Utah can use that effectively both in the run game and in the passing game and in the RPO game. And a lot of what Utah is going to be doing is going to be motion-based. And so Thomas makes a lot of sense from that regard. His versatility, his size make it so that he can play more than just one position. He could play some fullback in, in terms of how people view it traditionally. Utah likes to call it the U-back or the H-back. I think what that does is it allows Brant Keithy to be less of an every-down kind of guy where he's going to be taking the impact on his body and allows Thomas to be a bit more of a blocker. But really what his versatility adds at Utah is, is a talent that you can get on the field. And I think that's where the disrupt comes between Utah going after a player like this and what the fans perceive as needs. Fans look at it as, as a positions-based thing. They need wide receivers. They need safeties. Why would you go use a roster spot on a running back 
Well, that's the thing. Thomas is a talent. And, and I don't know that you can necessarily label a talent with a specific position. But this is a guy that clearly was in demand by a lot of high-level schools and for good reason. And so if you're able to get a talent, and, and I think this is, if we were just to assign a numerical value on ability to impact every single play, I think that Thomas would have a very, very high value, like high 80s, low 90s, okay, if we're doing it on a scale to 100. And if we put a just a positional tag on him, it makes it look like it's kind of a waste of a position. But I think... The other aspect of it, too, is that Utah does have a good handle on who else is going to be coming to the University of Utah at other positions. And so while Thomas was likely the first to announce, he was one that was kind of recruited under the radar. It wasn't something that I think Utah was uh, very loud about in terms of their promotion. That they were, It was one that they were very, very uh, heavily invested in, in getting, and, and it paid off big time. And the other aspect, too, is Kyle McDonald continues his trend of actually absolutely slaying it on the recruiting trail, um, slowly becoming one of the best recruiters in the Utah football program. I, I, maybe not even slowly. He is absolutely just being a, uh, a force for the University of Utah in recruiting. But getting back to it, if you were just to assign a numerical value rather than, than a position, then Thomas makes complete sense because he could have more impact than a wide receiver that's only going to be down on, you know, for a couple downs. Uh, you know, and, and we've talked previously that there are plenty of wide receivers out there that Utah is in the game with, and, and I believe that there will be some announcements down the road. I don't think that Utah is going to neglect the position. I don't know why specifically things are organized the way they are. It, In my mind, it usually has something to do with transcripts and dating and calendars and everything like that. And that's the bigger issue and concern is you want to make sure that everything gets announced or, or taken care of along that path. The other thing, too, is that you really have to keep an eye on and who's coming and who's going in terms of the transfer portal. Because say you'd already filled up your roster at this point, and Jordan Johnson, who is a five-star recruit from Notre Dame, declares for the transfer portal, and you don't have a spot for him. So I think being able to keep your options open, being able to uh, be selective at certain positions, I think Utah absolutely has a plan in place. They also have a backup plan and then a backup to the backup because this is Kyle Whittingham that we're talking about. And as we've seen Kyle Whittingham is not going to leave anything to chance at this point. He's going to go all in on getting every single aspect of this team covered so that they have the best possible opportunity to win a Pac-12 championship. Again, just to recap, some of the players that are still in the transport at the wide receiver position by ranking Theo Howard, a four-star uh, transfer, still available. Jordan Johnson, uh, previously a five-star high school player, now a four-star uh, available, coming from Notre Dame. Marquis Spiker, a four-star transfer, coming from Washington, still available. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Jeremy Singleton, who I think is a very under-the-radar prospect out of Houston. So there are a lot of options still in the portal, and, and I don't think that the lack of movement at the wide receiver position is indicative of Utah missing out on anything. D. Anderson, another player, 6'5", 202 from Oklahoma State, an option in the transfer portal, four-star guy. So there's a lot of potential out there in the portal, and I think where Utah is prioritizing things is getting the guys that have the most talent and project the best 
going forward into the program right off the bat. I also think there are some safeties out there that Utah has honed in on as well. So while the needs maybe haven't been resolved in in alphabetical order or positional order, I guess would be the better way to say that, they are getting the needs resolved by getting the right kinds of players with the right kind of talent into the program. And also, I, I don't think it's insane to think that Utah can be really effective running two-back sets or running two-back, two tight ends, 22 personnel, 20 personnel. Uh, Brad Clifford, who I have a tremendous amount of respect, former tight end at the University of Utah, tweeted at me the other day, said, this is Andy Ludwig's dream offense. Two running backs, no tight ends, just let it roll. And to be honest, there's a lot that you can do out of that offense with a guy like Tavian Thomas. He can line up as that that extra H-back. He can be a blocking back. His ability to pass block just leaves Utah in such a great position in terms of what they want to do in route structure and everything like that. So ignore for a second the fact that this is a position that Utah felt like or and still does feel like they have an immense amount of talent and look at it in terms of Utah just added another piece that makes them that much more versatile and gives them that much more ability to do more things on the field. And that, in my opinion, is the best possible move that you can make. Well, maybe it's the second best because the best without a doubt is going to Built Bar and getting yourself a box of Built Bar protein bars. Best tasting protein bar ever. As we talked about, the reason for that is because they have so many good flavors. It's coconut almond, it's mint brownie, it's double chocolate, some of my favorites. Also, Cherry Barcia, as we've talked about, some of the the rarer flavors, the, the cookie dough crumble, the the uh, or, or cookie dough chunk, I should say, and coconut brownie chunk, just absolutely delicious. But the best part about it is most of the flavors have at least 17 grams of protein and less than 200 calories per bar, less than 5 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, so they are keto-friendly in that regard. There are so many good reasons to go to Built Bar and get a box of protein bars, but we're going to give you one more good reason that's LOCKED15. Yes, that's right. You get 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 if you go to BuiltBar.com and place an order using that promo code. Again, Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bars on the market. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get that 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked on Utes podcast with your weekend review. And it was a busy weekend for sure for the Ping and Utes, both men and women. The baseball team had a pretty successful start to their series against Northern Colorado. Wins on Saturday and Sunday. They won on Saturday 8-5. to five. Really blew things open on Sunday, winning 11-7. to seven. They will close out that series today, Monday at noon up there in Ogden. That will be broadcast live on the Utah stream there on the Pac-12.com, uh, Pac-12 Network's uh, website. As we look ahead, they still have a series coming up uh, again in Ogden against Oregon this week. Uh Excuse me, there will be a game against Utah Valley mixed in with that one on Wednesday. That one will be at Smith's Ballpark. And then they will go to play Oregon uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Lindquist Field up there in Ogden. Uh, That will be a big one for the Utes as they face off against the Ducks. Then they'll have Brigham Young, a series against Washington, and then they'll close out the season with a series against USC. So still plenty of time 
for the Utah baseball team to uh, continue to build on this season and, and find some success. The softball team struggled a little bit this weekend as they went to Washington to face the Huskies. Hard-fought effort as the Huskies sweep the Utes there in Seattle, losing the first game 8 to nothing, competing there in the second, losing 6 to 4, dropping the second part of the doubleheader there on Saturday 6 nothing, and then dropping the series clincher 11 to 4 as Washington sweeps the Utes. They'll close out the season at Dumkey Family Softball Stadium up there on the hill at the University of Utah against Oregon State starting on the 13th. That's Thursday, May the 13th at 6 p.m. They'll go Thursday, Friday with a doubleheader on Friday and then close out the season on Saturday at noon. Get up there if you get an opportunity to. Uh, It'll be a great chance to watch the softball team finish things off. Also in news, the track and field team had a very successful showing in the uh, Portland Twilight as Salt Lake City natives Bailey uh, Kalamakia and Annie Murdoch uh, both set PRs. Uh, Kalamakia got back to form, setting a PR in the 400-meter hurdles, capturing the victory on Saturday with a time of 101.81. Uh, that's a top time, but any youth this season, uh, Annie Murdoch went out and set a new personal best in the 800 meter with a time of 211.46. That is just insanely fast. That's like how fast I walk a lap. And I, I mean, that's not even how fast I walk a lap. That's how fast I get out of my car. So congrats to the freshmen for, uh, for that. They'll have another meet down in Los Angeles. Uh, this week for the Pac-12 Track and Field Championships. Those will be held at Cromwell Field uh, on the campus of USC, the 14th, 15th, and 16th. So good luck to the our, uh, track and field team as they compete as well. That's it for today's update on the Locked On Utes podcast. Be sure and tune in to Locked On Today uh, as they talk about how NFL teams should handle players who do not want to get vaccinated Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast host Peter Bukowski. He updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. It's the best way to start out your day. You can find it on the Odyssey app, as we talk about on here all the time. And Peter's actually a really fun follow on Twitter as well. If you are a Packers fan, his Packers podcast is a must-get as well. So that's it for me today. Thank you for joining in with me. We love you. We appreciate you. We like you. Uh, Jake should be back some point this week. Mother's Day wanted to, you know, I don't, I, I took care of my mom. He's got multiple mothers he's got to take care of in his life. So I gave him the day off from recording this one. Uh, but we'll have him back this week and we'll give you a little bit of a plan as to what our content schedule will look like moving forward. Thank you again for listening. Stay well, be well, do well, all of my Utah friends and family. And we will talk again tomorrow. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for May the 10th, 2021.